0: You're listening to the City Church Downtown Podcast. Well, good morning. How are you guys doing today? It's great to be with you. Before we get started, uh, let's just bow our heads in prayer. Father God, I thank you for every single person that's in this room. God, we thank you for this church. We ask that you will just help us create a space free of distraction. Open up our hearts and minds. And let my words be honoring to you, God. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. In 1950, Bob Pierce founded what has become World Vision, the world's largest Christian relief and development agency. To date, this nonprofit organization serves more than 100 million people in over 100 countries. Armed with a passion for Jesus and a vision for a world without hunger or disease, Bob Pierce began humbly serving orphans that had suffered after the Korean War. Every outreach he touched grew in scope and in work. Bob would often pray, let my heart be broken by the things that break the heart of God. That zeal drove him to the ends of the earth marked by a seemingly uh, inexhaustible passion to meet spiritual and human needs wherever he met them. Unfortunately, this all-in-at-any-cost approach had disastrous consequences for his family. As one family friend once said, Bob's wife, Lorraine, knew a different kind of deprivation than the ones of whom her husband was ministering to. See, the reality is that Bob all but abandoned his own family. Time after time, he put the needs of his ministry ahead of his wife and children. One day, his daughter phoned him while he was on an overseas trip and begged him to come home. His wife, who just happened to be with him at the time, begged him to go home with her. He chose instead to fly to Vietnam. When his wife returned home, she was shocked to discover that their daughter was recovering from an attempt on her own life. Finally, alerted to their daughter's emotional battle, the Pierce family did whatever they could to save her, but it was too late. And their daughter took her own life two years later. Things didn't get better for Bob. His relationship with his wife and his two remaining kids continued to suffer And in 1967, years of tension with the World Vision Board would result in Bob Pierce's resignation. The next day, legal documents were brought to his house and he signed his life's work away. So is Bob's story of this extraordinary servant of God who ended up with a broken home the exception? Sadly, it isn't. In fact, the Emotionally Healthy Church was written by Pete Scazzaro, and he wrote it because he talks about how he came very close to losing his own marriage because all of his energy was put into building his ministry that there wasn't anything left when he got home. Now, I don't know what it takes to lead a global organization like World Vision or to start a church from scratch, but I can relate to running a business full-time and at the same time starting a new ministry here at City Church. I understand from experience how dangerous things can be when you're not balancing work, health, family, and service to God well. And I'll be the first to admit to you guys, when you're doing something in service to God, it's very easy to get self-righteous, even when it comes time to taking that valuable time away from the ones that you love. Like when my wife is asking me, Can you help me clean the house? And I'm like, no, can't you see? I'm writing a talk for Jesus. Hello. And she's like, well, what's your talk about? I'm like, "Uh, being humble and serving others. (laughs) She's like, well, why don't you lead by example, jerk face? I joke about it, but I can assure you guys I've gotten this one wrong time and time again. But I'm trying. This last weekend, in between preparing for talks, I mowed the lawn, I washed dishes, took time to watch a couple chick flicks, you know? Because if you're going to teach on something, it's important that you're not a hypocrite for a solid seven days before, okay? (laughs) I learned that from Pastor Doug. (laughs) So what can we learn from Bob Pierce's story? Maybe you're a Christian attending a city church tribe, volunteering every weekend, every chance you get. You never miss a Sunday. You are on fire for God, but your marriage hasn't had any spark in years. Maybe you're always at work, even when you're physically at home. You're checking email. You're on conference calls. You're so fixated on building wealth and providing food for your family that you miss that what they really are hungry for is your time and your attention. Maybe you grew up in church, and you're proud of it, You have Christian bumper stickers and Christian tattoos. You post scripture and Christian videos on your Facebook newsfeed. You talk about Jesus to coworkers every chance you get, but you're having no impact for Christ because you never take the time to actually ask questions and seek authentic relationships with people who are not actually Christians. Now, don't get me wrong. Being in service to God, providing for your family, sharing your faith. Those are good things, but it's important that we take time to evaluate not just what's going on out there, but what's going on in here and how it's impacting the people that we love. Aaron taught last week that the direction that you are looking, no matter where your legs are pointing, eventually will be where you're headed. Doug Hammarskjöld once, the Secretary General of the United Nations, suggested that we have become adept at exploring outer space, but we have not developed similar skills in exploring our own personal inner spaces. He wrote, the longest journey of any person is the journey inward. So here's our big idea for today. Truth lives beneath the surface. Can everybody say that with me? Truth lives beneath the surface. See, the journey inward is exactly what God is calling us Christians to do. The Scripture that you read at the beginning was written by King Solomon. He was one of King David's sons and the predecessor to his throne. David taught him in a very early age to seek God's wisdom, that it was the most important choice that he could make. So when Solomon became king and God appeared to him to grant him any request, he chose wisdom above all else. The Bible actually says he was the wisest man to ever live. Well, he wrote Proverbs 4.23. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. See, our hearts, our feelings of love and desire dictate to a great extent how we live because we're always gonna take time to do the things that we care about the things that we enjoy, we always find time to do those things. Solomon tells us to guard our hearts above all else, making sure we concentrate on the desires that will keep us on the right path. Just like Aaron taught last week, look straight ahead, keep your eyes fixed on your goal, and don't get sidetracked on detours that may lead to sin. It's important to not only guard our heart, but to evaluate it. Because If what's flowing from your heart is hurting other people, or hurting you, then maybe, just maybe, you have some work to do. But here's the thing about evaluating our own heart. It's scary, because maybe we're afraid of what we might find. But aren't we always better off when we know the truth? We, can be, we can't be better people, we can't truly protect ourselves until we at least attempt to seek truth. And I want to suggest that we'll never find the answers that we're looking for if we're not looking in the right place. Now, most of us walk around like icebergs. We have many deep layers below us. And what do we know about icebergs? We know that an iceberg killed all the people on the Titanic, including Leonardo DiCaprio, right? Is it too early for a frozen Leonardo DiCaprio gif? Sorry. So what killed the people on the Titanic? It wasn't the 10% of the iceberg that's on the surface, right? It was a 90% that was below the surface. We are constantly seeking truth in our daily lives with everything but ourselves. Look, when our vehicles are overheating, we understand that the problem isn't with the paint. It's underneath the hood, right? And when our computer is acting slow, we know it's probably something with the processor. When our houses start showing cracks, we can patch them up, we can paint over them, but the real problem is where? With the foundation. When we pull a weed, we go after what? The root. We seek truth with everything around us but ourselves. We need to learn how to be honest with ourselves and be honest with each other. Look, when I put on a medium t-shirt and my muffin tops start to show, I know it's not the t-shirt. It's the muffins. So guys, next time your wife or your girlfriend asks if a dress makes her look fat, I want you to be honest. I want you to say no. That dress does not make you look fat. It's the lack of exercise. (laughs) Don't ever do that. You will die. Don't ever do it. Talk about an iceberg. There's going to be a huge iceberg if you do that. It'll be thrown at you. <laughs> there are a few practical things that we can do to help us start chipping away at that iceberg beneath the surface. To seek truth. If our desires as Christians and spiritual investigators is to not just have a surfacey kind of relationship with Christ, then there are a few things that we need to do It starts at the foundation. It starts with us. So the first thing is to be self-aware. Awareness of what you are feeling and doing is a vital first step. 12-step programs like AA and NA and even Peeling the Onion here at City Church start with this serenity prayer. It says, God grant me the serenity to what? accept the things that I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. See, none of that, none of that can happen without self-awareness. How can we change something that is broken if we're not first willing to accept that it is? I challenge you all to leave here, and the next time your car breaks down, call roadside assistance and try to get help without ever admitting that there's a problem. This is roadside assistance, how can I help you? What's wrong? Nothing, really. Do you have a flat? I don't think so. Is your engine overheating? Ha, Uh, I don't even know what you're talking about right now. Well, do you want help? Yes. Then what's wrong? Hey, what's wrong with you? We would never do that to AAA. But we do that every day with each other. We do it at home. We do it at work. It makes no sense. I know I do it. Ask my wife. A deep awareness of what we are feeling and doing gives us the courage to begin doing life differently and hopefully more in line with God's will developing new, healthier relationship patterns. It's important to listen to our physical bodies and take time to be still in the presence of God. We at City Church encourage everybody to do what's called a quiet time or a God time. And it's a 13 minute plan. Can we all agree that we can take 13 minutes a day? And it's five minutes of reading scripture, five minutes of just being still, being quiet in the presence of God to take in what he is telling you. And then three minutes to journal, write down what you feel like he's saying. It's so important. And I recommend if you don't have one already, maybe to purchase a study Bible because a study Bible will actually break down what you just read. There are parts of the Bible that are really hard to understand. And if you just read them by themselves, it may be really difficult to follow. So I encourage you all, to get a study Bible. I recommend that. And uh, the second practical thing that we can do is this, to ask why. Don't be afraid to actually ask questions, to seek truth. I want you guys to repeat after me. Why am I so impatient? Why am I so anxious? Why do I care so much about what others think of me? Why do I avoid conflict? Why do I get so angry? Mark 7, 14 through 15 is Jesus teaching on inner purity. See, the Pharisees were upset because Jesus' disciples were eating with unclean hands. The Pharisees had very strict rules when it came to their diet. Um, After, or before, I should say, every meal, they would wash their hands ritually. Jesus starts to communicate to the Pharisees who he called hypocrites because they worshiped God for the wrong reasons. Their worship wasn't motivated by love, but by a desire to attain profit, to attain status, to appear holy. And so what he said was, listen to me everyone and understand this. Nothing outside of you can defile you by going into you. Rather, it's what comes out of you that defiles you. How many times have we said something and been like, whoa, where did that come from? You can see it on the looks of the people's faces around you. See, Jesus is laying a biblical smackdown by changing the focus on the why of what they are doing. Not just the ritual, but the motivation behind it in their hearts. Jesus points out that our sin begins with attitudes and intentions of our inner person. So I ask you what, are your atten- you, what are your intentions behind what you say? What are your intentions behind what you do? Have you ever taken time to ask yourself that question? We do it with other things. Look, when I eat too much barbacoa, I don't question why I feel the way I do, okay? It's clear to me and everyone else around me. But we don't do this with other things. We don't question why we say what we do and what we're exposing our mind to. What am I reading online? What am I watching on Netflix? How does that balance out with spending time with God? What is coming out of my mouth, and why? Blaise Parscale wrote, all men's miseries derive from not being able to sit in a quiet room alone. We must take our thoughts and feelings to God. Ask him to evaluate your life. Ask him to evaluate your relationships. I would challenge you to pray something like this over the next few weeks, maybe daily over the next few weeks, and just see what happens. Psalms 139, 23. Search me, God. Know my heart. Test me. Know my concerns. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. And just be still. See what he tells you. Take a journal. Write it down. Snapchat it. But then take a screenshot because it'll be gone in 10 seconds and you won't know. The truth lives beneath the surface. The third step that we're going to discuss should be easy for all of us to remember because we think about this and want to say this to somebody on the daily. So I want you to turn to somebody. I'm going to give you the chance to say it now in church in a safe place. Turn to somebody and say, get over yourself. <laughs> say it like you mean it. Yes. 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 All right. Come back. I know. I know that felt good. Come back. Come back to me. Guys, stop trying to be perfect. Just be real. Authenticity trumps perfection every single time. The truth lives beneath the surface. My wife and I were watching TV the other day. How many people by raise of hands know that there's an uh, NBC show that's actually based in San Antonio? A few people. It's called The Night Shift. So when I found that out, I got really excited until I found out it's actually filmed in New Mexico. (laughs) I can't watch it. It's not real. I can't listen to the people when they talk. There was a lady saying, oh, I moved to Alamo Heights. And I was like, you ain't never been to Alamo Heights, lady? You never shopped at the Gucci B? It's not real. And by the way, I can't watch it because like nurses and doctors don't really look like that, Okay, They have muffin tops like me. And can't we Yes. Exactly. Can't we sniff out when people are inauthentic? Can't we sniff out when they're not being real? Guys, stop trying to be fake perfect. Seek truth. Seek authentic relationships, not perfection. But I know it's hard, especially when we have icebergs beneath the surface that are weighing us down. You know, I stand up here today to tell you that every time I prepare a talk, I struggle because I don't feel worthy. I think if they only knew my past. I think there are way better Christians than me, a thousand better options to be coming up here and delivering a talk to you. And maybe you're struggling with the same thing. Maybe you feel like I couldn't ever be loved by God, let alone be used by God. And I will tell you that I even struggled with it in preparation for this very talk until I was reminded that God doesn't use perfect people. Noah was drunk. Noah was a drunk who was chosen to be the second father of humanity. Jacob was a liar and schemer who wrestled with God, who became the father of 12 tribes of Israel. Rahab was a prostitute who helped others at great cost to herself. Paul was once Saul who persecuted and killed Christians, but we all know that he wrote letters that became a huge part of the New Testament, and he preached the gospel throughout the Roman Empire. David was an adulterer who had his son's husband killed. And if you don't know what a Sancha is, look it up, Google it. <laughs> but the Bible said that he was a man after God's own heart. Now, don't get me wrong. These people suffered because of their sins, but they were used by God in a mighty way. And so can you and I. Why do we continue to feel that we are not good enough to be used by God? Stop lying to yourself. Stop lying to others. Deal with your junk. Do something about it. Don't let your mess be the end of your story. Let it be an example of his grace and of his glory. I'm sorry for rhyming. (laughs) A few weeks back, um, I was interviewing a judge uh, for a client. Um, I work with nonprofits, and uh, I was interviewing this judge for CASA. Court Appointed Advocates of San Antonio. The interview went really well, and the judge was talking about abuse and neglect in our city, and how CASA does a really great job of advocating for kids. So I was with my crew, we were breaking equipment down, and uh, a few people start walking into the room. There's uh, a guy, two women, and some kids. And uh, didn't really know what was about to happen, um, but I asked if we could kind of film, and Uh, we captured one of the most beautiful things that I've ever seen. A husband and wife adopted three children. I don't know the kids' story. I don't know where they came from. I don't know how they struggled. And you know what? In that moment, it didn't matter. Because they were accepted, because they were loved, and because they had found their forever home. What a gift. And when we decide to believe in Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter what's in our past. It doesn't matter how deep or how wide the iceberg is beneath the surface of our lives, because Jesus already set his son down on this earth to pay for that. And it doesn't require perfection. All it requires is that you trust that he died on the cross for your sins and that you'll have a home that he offers us forever. And so some of us have come here and we've been conflicted about how we feel about God. And maybe you've never actually prayed to receive Christ. And so I think it'd be appropriate if you are ready to give you an opportunity to do that today, so let's bow our heads in prayer. And if that's you, if you've never prayed to receive Christ, you consider yourself a spiritual investigator. You've made this way your way to this place tonight, but you're ready. You're ready for a forever home in the kingdom of God. I want you to pray something like this, just creating a space between you and God. God. I know I've sinned, my iceberg runs deep, but the best I know how, I believe that you came down on this earth and died for my sin. I invite you into my life today and I thank you for coming in. And if you prayed that prayer, you just began a relationship with Christ. Some of us, some of us have been coming here for years. We already believe that Christ died on the cross for our sins, but maybe we just need something, a word of encouragement. Maybe we need to really just have God do a work in us, just dig really deep. And so I invite you to pray this. Search me, God, know my heart, test me, know my concerns. See if there is any offensive way in me. Lead me in the everlasting way. Help me seek truth beneath the surface of myself before others. And I pray all of these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And everybody said, Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit CityChurchDowntown.com.